0: What's up, fight fans? Dan Urban here along with Scott Fontana, still remotely recording another episode of the Couchside Judges. We've got the second post-pandemic pay-per-view on tap Saturday with UFC 250, headlined by Amanda Nunes defending her featherweight crown for the first time against Felicia Spencer. With the two-division queen back in action, we've got her rematch against Valentina Shevchenko set for the past judgment treatment.
1: That fight went down as a tight split decision win for the Lioness in 2017, so Dan and I will see how we feel it should have been scored. Dan in particular has some very strong thoughts on how the fight really went down, which I'll share with you all in just a few minutes. Plus, we'll offer our thoughts on this weekend's fight card, which takes place at UFC Apex for the second week in a row. As always, we welcome the distraction of live fights. Now, obviously, there's a lot going on in this country right now beyond mixed martial arts. Dan and I will keep the Couchside Judges MMA podcast as the same show it always is, focused on judging in MMA. However, if you want my thoughts on what's happening in cities like New York and Washington and Minneapolis, you can find them on my Twitter account at Scott underscore Fontana. I've had a lot to say. But again, Dan and I hope we can offer you a break from the national news cycle, and we'll just talk about fights.
0: Speaking of that, Scott, the Athletic has been doing a survey all week and they've been releasing different articles of different portions of the survey. And today they released about all rule changes and judging and stuff that we like to talk about here on the pod.
1: Yeah, that's right. So I I read that too. I've been reading their series all week. They had surveyed, what was it, 170 fighters from all different...
0: Yeah, about 170 fighters.
1: Yeah, yeah. I've been reading this all week. And for the record, if you are not reading the Athletics MMA coverage, you are missing out because they do a fantastic job. But, yeah, today's – this one was by Sean Alshati. He put that together, uh, and it was about the rule changes, like you said. Some were about fouls, and some of them were about judging topics, right? Right. I think it's worth talking about these judging topics, and these these are the things that fighters are thinking when it comes to judging. So why don't we talk about that? I like it.
0: So one of the things they brought up was open scoring, like we saw in in Invicta back in March.
1: Yes, they tried that out in... uh, Yeah, it was March, right? Yeah, Kansas City.
0: Yeah, they were the first to implement this open scoring. I didn't really care for how it was done because basically the the crowd was unaware of what was going on.
1: That's going to be more up to the promotions, though.
0: Yeah, somewhat also the viewer at home really wasn't told who was winning. But, I mean, regardless of
1: what you and I think, almost 80% of fighters that were surveyed by The Athletic were in favor of open scoring, so... There's clearly an overwhelming demand for this.
0: Yeah, it's, it's definitely something to look into implementing, but the cons, I
1: still make me nervous. I you know we've, we've talked about this before, you know we did talk about it a couple of months back. but I think really it wouldn't take too much to make this work. I think as long as you implement some sort of very harsh and stiff penalty for fighters who are stalling later in the fight, you know, anybody who's coasting, no warning, immediate point deduction. So that there's very clear need for them to push the pace of the fight and push the action because they could be in trouble and it could be a situation where you know hey maybe if you're worn twice you just automatically lose a technical decision or something like that you know or like it's a TKO or something.
0: Yeah, that that's that'd be pretty harsh. You, but you fight. make it really hard that way.
1: There's not a fighter who's up you know let's say forty to thirty six through four rounds just trying to coast in the fourth and fifth and final round because they know i can just lose as many points as i want and i'm still not gonna lose the fight it's like you know what you should lose
0: they don't really pull the trigger on taking points that quick i think it'll be something they'd have to really really change about the way they they referee fights
1: I think as long as the referees were instructed to do this, and I'd be curious to get the thoughts of, you know, a, a ref or someone who's an official, you know, maybe Rob Hines who we've had on the show before. I'd love to get their thoughts on, on how this would work because I do believe that there are ways to make this work. Uh, I don't know what they've thought of. I'm sure they've thought of other things that I haven't. But, yeah, I, I do think we need something like this badly. It's it's time, you know. Rules need to change over time. You know, we, we see it. I believe the article even – from the from the athletics said that, you know, basketball, baseball, football, they change the rules every year, not drastically, but they do change them. And they did especially change them over the course of the early part of these sports, and they were still in their infancy. So that's where we are with MMA. I think we can continue to, to make it grow and make changes and see what works.
0: Yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm down to try it out. I just want to make sure that fighters that, you know, coast at the end, because they know they're winning, uh, aren't able to do that.
1: Me too, me too. But the other one, that they did a bigger uh, survey on as far as what support there was, was the round-by-round round versus full fight scoring debate. You know, so you know, we're talking full fight, we're thinking pride style. Judges just pick a winner based on the entire body of work during the fight.
0: Not a fan of it, especially when fights are broken down into segments such as rounds. If you want to score the fight as a whole, no rounds. You just you fight for 15 straight, and then, then you can judge it that way.
1: I think you're probably right there if that's what I was. The fighters, for what it's worth, they were 60% preferring round by round, which is ultimately how I would favor too, although I appreciate both sides of the argument.
0: A round by round fight is much much different because if you get stuck on bottom against a good wrestler with a a good top game, at least you know at the end of the round if you can survive, you're going to start back up on your feet again. So I can see why a lot of fighters wouldn't want to go with a full fight scoring system if they had to fight a full 15? I know that's not what they're calling for.
1: I do think any time you're going to come up with any sort of change to this, there's going to be a domino effect. There's always going to be other rule changes you have to make in relation to that. So, you know, if the worry was you know, you're doing a 15-minute full fight, no stoppages, no breaks, you would say okay, but you're going to be penalized harshly for stalling, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we, we had we had yellow cards, we had red yeah. cards in in Pride, so they'd have to come up with something like that, and I'm sure they would. Having said that, I don't think there's any chance that this is coming to any major American promotion. Period. No, it's not. Now the other ones that we saw, just we can just run down these real quick. These were kind of smaller suggestions that certain fighters had made anonymously, of course, because this was an anonymous survey. Someone said more judges. What do you think of that one? Real I quick, I think
0: that should have gotten more attention. I, I like the idea of maybe having five judges.
1: I'm not opposed to that one either, uh, as long as there are more qualified judges, and we don't, we're don't we not just throwing more people into it that aren't quite ready for it yet. Although, I guess in some sense, that would allow for even more training for these judges. So, I don't know. It's, it's it's a tough call. What about if the fight goes the distance, it's ruled a draw, and nobody wins? What do you think of that one?
0: I don't like it in such a short fight, like a three-round or a five-round. Uh, Maybe if... It was like boxing, and it went 12 rounds. Perhaps. I still don't really like it, but a three-round fight these days, fighters are so well-rounded. Finishes are hard to come by. Uh, yeah, I don't I,
1: like that idea. I, I don't hate it, but I'm against it too. Uh, and then, <laughs> then this was was a weird one. In summation, the suggestion from one anonymous UFC fighter was that there would be a judge from every major discipline, and you'd have to get that guy's scorecard.
0: Right, That's just insane. Yeah. <laughs> what do you do when the wrestling judge has no wrestling to score? What's he? He just turns in an uh, N A, not available. Uh,
1: yeah, he takes a nap. <laughs> it's a, it's an insane <laughs> idea.
0: No, it's it's gimmicky. If it's an all striking affair, now you only have one judge that determines who wins the
1: fight. Yeah, it, it's gimmicky. It's goofy. It's like something out of a PG version of Bloodsport. Crazy. No, you can't do it. Sorry if you're out there and we laughed at your idea, but you are anonymous, so you don't have to you know, reveal yourself if, if it's that bad. <laughs> you know, now that we've talked about that, and that was fun, I, I actually really enjoyed that from The Athletic, but I think we ought to just dive into past judgment now. So I'll let Dan go over how the CSJ scoring system works for this segment, as we do every week.
0: The CSJ scoring is a modified version of the ABC's criteria used by most commissions. We just have a few key differences. You know, like certified judges, we evaluate the rounds using the 3Ds, damage, dominance, and duration, in that order. We've made it so a strong 10-9 round would be scored as a 10-8, while a traditional 10-8 round becomes a 10-7. Closer rounds would still just be 10-9s, even if only by a small margin. This allows for more diverse scores in the hope of more accurately reflecting what happens in a fight. We also dropped aggressiveness and area control as tiebreakers, but we really aren't intending to use those very often anyway. We can only use 10-10s in largely uneventful rounds. Scott, set the stage for Nunez Shevchenko too.
1: Yeah, we're talking UFC 215 at Rogers Place in Edmonton, Alberta, Canada, September 9th, 2017. This was the headliner for a pay-per-view event that reportedly had one of the lowest buy rates of the last decade for the UFC. So, not a lot of people really enticed by this rematch, unfortunately. Now, Nunez had won five straight coming in, obviously as the champion, She'd won the Bantamweight title the previous July from Misha Tate and then defended against Ronda Rousey five months later, getting first-round stoppages in each one and chasing Ronda Rousey off to WWE at that point. Valentina had won two straight after her 2016 loss to Nunes in the first fight. These were both main events that she won on Fox, so really prominent fights that were being viewed and obviously didn't turn her into any sort of pay-per-view draw, but she got a dominant decision against Holly Holm, and then a second-round armbar of Juliana Pena. Those were both really good fights, actually. So The judges for this were Sal Diamato, David Terrien, and Tony Weeks. The referee, Big John McCarthy. So let's just jump into round one. Dan, take us through it. What's happening?
0: Round one was really very similar to what we saw in the first fight in the first round. It really was. Just feeling out process. Valentina really wasn't doing much
1: kind of waiting the counter right
0: yeah and amanda was kind of stalking her and she really wasn't throwing that much but she was you know still throwing landing some decent shots especially towards the end of the round
1: yes yeah she did start to kind of pour it on there so a little
0: <laughs> really not much happened in this round uh but it was a 10-9 nunez for me
1: yeah bit of a chess match i also went 10-9 nunez you know no one was hurt very badly and yeah, It's not like Nunez attacks were constant or anything like that, so definitely only the 1-D for damage. 10-9, easy, no matter what scoring system we're working with, and all three judges had it the same way. Everyone went 10-9 Nunez, all right. They sure did. That, that was, that was <laughs> as we'll see later, the only round that everyone agreed upon. Wow. Mm-hmm. All right. Gets a little more complicated after that. Round two is when we start to see there's a little bit more of disagreement from the judges, which we'll get to. But what happened in round two? What'd you say?
0: Round two, I saw pretty much the same thing as round one, except in favor of Shevchenko. Okay, yeah. It seemed like Nunez started to ease up a little bit, not really, you know, press the gas like we're kind of used to seeing her do. And I thought Valentina landed some solid offense, some good strikes. And I didn't think Nunez really landed anything too effective at all. Again, she was the one pressing, but she wasn't really uh, effective with it.
1: I thought that Nunez was closer to winning the round than what we were hearing from the broadcast team. They were selling this as, as Shevchenko really coming back, and I didn't quite see it like that. However, I did see a small edge for Shevchenko for the reasons you're saying. You know, Better, better success with her offense, you know, and, and Amanda... Nunez was just not really putting it together to the same degree that you would have hoped she would have. So I also went uh, 10-9 Shevchenko here.
0: Yeah, 10-9 Shevchenko. That's, that's how I saw it. What about the judges?
1: The judges for this one, we had it split, like I said. Sal Diamato and Tony Weeks went 10-9 Shevchenko, just as you and I did, whereas David Terrien went 10-9 for Nunez. So he has the champ up 20-18, to whereas the other two, along with you and I, we see it as 19 all. I don't fault a 10-9 for Nunes here. I, I did think it was close enough. I think it was probably even closer than you thought. Uh, but I did obviously go the same way as you, ultimately. So I, I don't really have a big problem with a dissenting score in this round. I, I do think Shevchenko should have won it, but you know, close round, not enough action in general. Yeah, um, it was still, it, still a slow round. A lot of chess being played out there, <laughs> tactics and... and I don't. I don't think it was boring necessarily. There was kind of. There was for me. It was like a little bit of tension, just because you knew that these two women were. If you watched the first fight, you knew that they were very capable of hurting one another.
0: I felt Nunez was pacing herself.
1: I think you're right, but I didn't think it was so much that like she wasn't like going for it or anything like that. I, I think she was just trying to, like you said, pace herself. So now we've got to go on to round three, though, and and for me, at least. This was such a close round. I really had this one close. What did you see, though?
0: I thought it was a very competitive round. I thought Valentina landed better. I thought her strikes were more impactful. Nunes landed, landed good strikes. This was a close round. I can see this one going either way. But I, I ultimately went with Shevchenko 10-9.
1: Okay, I went the other way. I have no problem with a 10-9 for Shevchenko either. This was probably one of the hardest rounds that I've had to score for past judgment. It was it was hard because there was there was action. It wasn't like there was nothing there, but it nobody was getting a real edge and both women were wearing the other's offense very well. It was tough. Yeah, no
0: one really took it to the next level. But I do want to mention, as we mentioned earlier, at refs, you know, having such a long leash before taking points. I mean, Nunez got warned multiple times about having her fingers extended. She never lost a point, And I don't know how many warnings you're supposed to get.
1: Yeah, that that was pretty costly, too, in the long run. You know, I've said it before, and I'll say it again. I think you can just start taking points away from people who are extending their fingers. I know they train it. I know it's hard, but they're worn in the back. They've been know, known about this for years. No one's surprised about this anymore. Start taking points, and things will change, because we can't afford to have as many eye injuries as we've seen in this sport. They shouldn't be happening like this. Right. So I I, I agree. I think you got to start taking points. It's a little disappointing that it didn't happen, but nonetheless, it didn't happen. Uh, So I did end up going Nunez 10-9 here. You went 10-9 Shevchenko. So we diverge here a little bit. uh, And you have 29-28 for Shevchenko, whereas I have 29-28 for Nunez through three rounds, right? Correct. Uh, What about the judges? The judges that night, Tarion and Weeks had 10-9 Shevchenko, just like you, whereas Salvi Amato and I both saw it 10-9 for Nunez. So at this point, D'Amato and Tarion have Nunez up, 29 28 and tony weeks has shevchenko up 29 28
0: all right so close fight pretty much what we're watching anyway
1: close fight but it's worth noting that in each of the last two rounds shevchenko got two out of the three judges scorecards okay this is something worth noting as this fight continues and we'll we'll get to uh, as we get into round four so yeah about round four what did you see here then
0: i thought this was the best round for shevchenko uh, I thought she countered very well, landed hard shots. N- Nunez also took, you know, landed some good offense, but
1: early she did
0: nothing like Shevchenko. I thought Shevchenko was really starting to find a home, especially for that Superman or Superwoman punch he was throwing. The jab in the right, yeah, they right called, kick. They called
1: it a Superwoman punch. In my head, I was like Supergirl. Should it be like <laughs> Kara uh, Kara Zor El? <laughs> so, there's a uh, there's a comics reference for y'all. <laughs>
0: I thought she just was the better fighter this round. Not by a large margin at all. It was a 10-9, again, no matter what uh, scoring system you're using.
1: Yep, even in ours. But, yeah, I I agreed with you. This, for the same reasons you did, great countering. She did. This was (laughs) was probably the easiest round to score, with the possible exception of the first round. Definitely the easiest for Shevchenko that I could think of. But it was still close, too. It was.
0: Yeah, this whole fight was close.
1: Yes, And, you know, obviously neither one is doing anything to kind of distance themselves as far as, you know, controlling any of the other D's that we're talking about with you know, duration or dominance. No one's rocked. No one's really stung to the point where you think, oh, wow, they're in trouble. Mm -hmm. It's it's very much just kind of I don't want to call it sparring because that they they were going after each other. And there was certainly animosity between them, but nothing was really getting through. So how did the judges uh, see that one? So the judges for this round, Sal Diamato and David Terriam went 10-9 Shevchenko, just as you and I did. Uh, and at this point, I'm seeing all four rounds the same way as Sal Diamato. So he and I are on the same page for sure. Tony Weeks went 10-9 for Nunez here, though, which is interesting because even though everyone ended up seeing these rounds their own way, we're all at 38-38, except for you. You went 39-37 Shevchenko at this point. Yes, I have Shevchenko winning. But that's a valid score, too. I mean, we're talking about all these close rounds that everyone else, all these judges are seeing differently. So, hey, who, who am I to tell you your score is, uh, is crazy? I thought it was really close.
0: Yeah, this fight was close. No one really ever tries to separate themselves.
1: Well, they're trying, but it's I mean, it's hard to break through. I think I, there was not a lot of risks taken, I think, here. No, definitely uh, which not. Which is unfortunate, and, and I think part of that is because of the reasons you alluded to, where maybe uh, the Lioness was trying to pace herself for a five-round fight. To her credit... It worked. She was she was there through round five and, and mm-hmm. looked fine. Well, you know, we'll get to that in a moment. but Because obviously it did all come down to the final round on the judges' cards if everyone has a 38-all.
0: Yep, it's coming down to the final championship round.
1: So, yeah, let's talk about that round, the, the fifth and final round. What did you see here?
0: Again, I thought Shevchenko landed the more impactful strikes. Nunez had some good offense as well, again, as pretty much every round because they, they were all close. I mean, at some point there's like a weird exchange where Nunez tries to get a takedown and Chevchenko grabs a headlock and tries to throw her, ends up in a turtle, gets her back taken. but Yeah, she got reversed. Nunez didn't do anything there. She kind of just sat there. They reset, and then she gets another takedown. But again, there's no offense with it, and I thought Valentina landed some really good strikes off her back.
1: So... When that first one with the, the kind of the failed takedown from Shevchenko, and she ends up on turtle, like you said, she was doing a good job of locking down Nunez's arms. That was the one thing I noted there. She kind of got the arms trapped, so it wasn't it wasn't like Amanda was just lying on her, but I think she was having trouble figuring out how to get her arms out yeah. without giving out the position, uh, which ultimately she did free herself, and yes, lost the position, so I get it. But I did think that, when she did get a takedown, it was a pretty decent one. It wasn't just uh, you know this little trip or anything. Like that. It was I
0: thought it was a good takedown. Yeah, she, she slammed her.
1: A I, bit. I thought it counted. You know, first person offense there. You're right though. Bullet's definitely the one who's throwing the strikes off her back. But I just didn't think anything landed as well as you did. I guess. Yeah. I ended up seeing this one for Nunez. Actually, It was a really really hard call for me. See, I
0: thought I thought it was Shevchenko. The ground strikes actually solidified it for me. I thought okay. the, I thought they were pretty hard shots.
1: I can understand that. You know, Shevchenko was looking good early, like you mentioned, too. So it's a a hard call. You know, maybe I made the wrong call. But I think, you know, I I do feel like I'm justified in making an argument for Nunez here. uh, And that's where I went. But certainly only a 10-9.
0: Yeah, there was no other way you can score any round in this fight besides 10-9. Nope.
1: Our scoring, same way. You know, this is where... This is a fight where we looked at as the as the couchside judges and applied to our own scoring system to it and didn't change a thing. <laughs> what about the uh, <laughs> the real judges? The real judges? Well, we're not real judges? No, we're definitely not. Uh, <laughs> the real judges had uh, Saudi Amato and David Terry and went 10-9 for Nunes, uh, and they gave the champ the victory, 48-47, whereas Tony Weeks, he dissented with 10-9 Shevchenko, just as you saw it. So his score was 48-47 for Bullet, uh, which, you know, I had 48-47 for Nunez, and your final was 49-46 for Shevchenko.
0: Yeah, I thought I thought she won the last four rounds. I thought round one was the only one I couldn't give it to her. I think you can, I mean, definitely make arguments round three and round five.
1: I think probably 49-46 is the best score you can give Shevchenko. But oddly enough, I can see an argument for you giving Nunez 50-45. to So literally almost any score would have applied to this fight, and I wouldn't have been like, no, that's crazy. That doesn't work. Which is so
0: bizarre. This fight was very competitive. I think both fighters early were a bit gun-shy, probably. I thought Nunez, her main goal was to be able to go all five. We didn't see her normal explosive self, especially not the the one that showed up for the Cyborg fight, which lasted like 40 seconds. I really thought that was her, her goal, was to be able to go five rounds.
1: I think you're probably right to a point there. I think she, she did want to prove a point, but it's not like she wasn't throwing and wasn't landing. I mean, she she landed quite a few strikes. She just wasn't landing as impactfully as we're used to seeing from you know the, this little powerhouse we have here in, in the Lioness. So I get what you're saying, but only to a point. One thing I'd like to point out, though, and I, I alluded to this earlier, Shevchenko... Won two out of three judges' cards in rounds two, three, and four. And yet she lost the fight. Just all different cards. It's just, it was just the strangeness of the way this fight was scored. It it was, you're not going to see a lot of fighters winning the majority of cards on three rounds and still lose the fight. That's just, that's kind of an anomaly that's not going to happen too often. But, you know, what that says to me is that we really ought to see one day a third fight between these two women who are very clearly the two best female fighters on the planet.
0: Yeah, does Shevchenko have any other challengers at 25?
1: No, but she probably should keep defending that belt and trying to grow that division as far as I'm concerned. I I don't think we need to rush it. I think that fight's going to be there. <laughs> I don't see anybody disrupting it at 125 pounds. I don't see anybody giving Amanda much of a threat at 135 or 145 pounds.
0: Not anytime soon, anyway.
1: Maybe with the possible exception of Kayla Harrison, the two-time Judo Olympic gold medalist uh, and Pro Fighters League champion. If she ever came over to the UFC, I would be interested in seeing her against Nunes, but I'm pretty sure they're teammates. So I don't know how that's going to work. Maybe that would never happen. So let's jump into UFC 250. Then. Let's, let's talk about this coming weekend, right? Yeah, let's do it. So main event, Nunes against Felicia Spencer, like we said. I hate to write off Spencer, but I kind of am.
0: I think Nunez should win this rather easily.
1: She ought to, but, you know, we've seen upsets before. You can't write anybody off entirely.
0: No, definitely not, but
1: Nunez is my pick. All uh, right, easy. Uh, you know, <laughs> the only way I could see Spencer winning is if she's able to force prolonged grappling exchanges, probably more than just one, and can kind of tire out Nunez. I just don't see that as the most likely path here because Nunez is very well-rounded, She's very powerful, <laughs> and honestly, I think she's just going to land something pretty quick.
0: I mean, can it go the way that Nunez versus and Zingano went early in Nunez's career?
1: Sure. Why not? Um, I don't think it would. Yeah, where where Nunez was beating, beating her up pretty badly and then kind of lost steam into the third round.
0: Yeah, and kind of got smashed on the ground because like, she got tired.
1: Sure. Could totally happen. I wouldn't pick it.
0: Yeah. I, but I, I kind of see if that's the way she's going to win, that's how it has to be. Probably. Uh, You know, stranger
1: things have happened, but it's not a fight I'm necessarily super psyched about in the sense of I'm expecting something competitive, but I do, I do enjoy watching Amanda Nunes fight. She's, she truly is the GOAT when it comes to women's MMA.
0: Oh, she's definitely the GOAT. She beat the former GOAT in Cyborg in devastating fashion.
1: Yeah. Hey, look, if you want to call Cyborg the GOAT, you know, and say, you know, hey, she didn't lose to anybody else until... You know, more than a decade into her career, which is long past the point where fighters are usually looking pretty good. That's fine. It's it's a debatable point, but she's either one or she's one B.
0: They're right there, neck and neck.
1: They are. They are. And and this fight, unfortunately, is not going to settle any tie between these two that might be in your mind. But real quick before we get to the the other fights we'd like to see, I'd just like to point out the judges here very likely are going to be similar judges that we saw last weekend. I tried to contact uh, Nevada State Athletic Commission earlier today on Thursday, but unfortunately I wasn't able to get a straight answer. So we don't know for sure who's assigned to the main event or the rest of the fights, but it's probably going to be, you know, these these higher grade of judges that Nevada usually brings in, like South Yamato, Derek Cleary, Junichiro Camijo, you know, any of those names uh, we might be seeing uh, and more. And I'm glad because last week they were so fantastic, right? They
0: really did. They, they made it a struggle for us to have any rounds that we really disagreed with.
1: We didn't have the most compelling show, I suppose, when it comes to arguing whether they got it wrong or right because they did get it so well. But, hey, as a fan, I'd rather them get it all right. So good job, boys and girls.
0: <laughs> yeah, keep, keep getting it right. We'll, we'll figure it out over here.
1: Don't you worry about us? Not that they are, but uh, yeah, like hopefully the momentum uh, carries forward in this one. But as far as the fights that you're looking to see on the undercard, what what do you got? What are you really looking forward to?
0: I want to see uh, O'Malley versus Weiland. Yes. Uh, Sugar Sean is uh, he's someone to watch. He could be the future of uh, of that division.
1: And you won't miss his hair because it looks like he dyed it with the stuff they use for rainbow snow cones. <laughs>
0: I could go for a snow cone.
1: Uh, just don't eat his hair; it's not going to taste <laughs> as good as it looks. <laughs> but uh for me, it's it's definitely without question Aljamain Sterling against Corey Sandhagen, the 135 pound, essentially a title eliminator here. And I know you're pumped for that one too.
0: This fight is going to be awesome. Yeah, I mean, this was just such an obvious pick. It was. It was. For what you're most excited for, I I, I wish it was a five rounder. Unfortunately, it's not. But uh, I think it's going to be pretty awesome
1: but like the winner is going to be in a five round fight because they're going to be the one who takes on whoever comes out of that bannerweight title fight between Peter Yan and Jose Aldo which i mean can you write off a goat level fighter like Aldo not really but Peter Yan looks nasty
0: oh he's he's a killer you know what this fight reminds me of this reminds me of back in the day when John Jones was still a contender and they were putting him against Ryan Bader and he really just separated himself from the pack. That that has a similar feel in this fight.
1: Which one does Jan? Uh, no, uh,
0: Sterling Sanhagen.
1: Oh, okay, sure. So who's who plays uh, John Jones in this? I one? I think Sterling. Oh, okay. I, I like both. I I have a lot of respect for both as fighters. They're both incredible talents. We know that Aljamain Sterling has been a fixture of the regional scene in New York, New Jersey for many years, and he's obviously now been a top bantamweight contender for quite a while in the UFC. So I have a lot of respect for him, But Corey Sanhagen. I've had my eye on him for a while, and I see him I see him being a future champ. All right, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe. But you know, Sterling's time might be here. I don't know, but uh we'll see. That's that's what makes this so intriguing. I can't wait to see it.
0: And that does it for this installment of the Couchside Judges. Scott and I will be back again Monday morning with reactions to the judging at UFC two fifty on Saturday. With any luck, we'll have no major gripes and can heap more praise on the judges for great scores and handing the right fighters the deserved victories. We'll see. Make sure to subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcasts and follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Couchside Judges,
1: as well as myself at Dan Urban MMA. Find me on Twitter also at Scott underscore Fontana. Catch you next week. Have a great weekend. Stay healthy and safe. See ya.